This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 481 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight we have USDF president and USEF youth coach George Williams joining us. We're going to help guide you through second level test three. And Katie Pogue will give a great trainer tip from the judge's perspective. from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our main man producer, Glenn the Geek. Hey, guys. I am so excited. We're only a couple of weeks away from WAG. I know. It's it's crazy. Yeah. We're all going to be bunking together in in a nice place about 10 minutes from WAG, and I wanted to put a plug in. For the 2018 WEG show, 2018wegshow.com, Samantha Clark and I have been doing that show for a while now, and we are we have one or two more episodes before WEG, and then we'll be doing daily wrap-up shows during the World Equestrian Games, and that's in cooperation with Horse Illustrated. They are going to be carrying the shows live, as well as you can find it on any podcast player. Just search for 2018wegshow.com or 2018 Wag Show on your podcast player. And Reese and Philip are going to come in and help us with the dressage coverage, aren't you? We are looking forward to it. We can't do wait. Our best. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to be there. Yeah. We may, since we're all bucking together, we may not be talking by the end of the week, but yes, we will be there. Everybody's going to be <laughs> bunking kidding. together for this particular show. Yes. I mean, there's going to be a lot of fun parties. But you know what? We'll take uh, bunking together to be 10 minutes away uh, compared to a lot no. of people driving a lot further than that. So, yeah. yeah. I know. If you're looking for housing, Glenn, do you have any, any tips on that? Um, yeah. You can, there's still housing available if you look around. It's actually, because they've sold less tickets than they predicted, they're, uh, the housing's gotten a little cheaper in the last week. Yeah. Okay. So if you looked before, look again. And also, double-check okay. the ticket prices, because some of them have come down. <clears throat> they've sold, from what we've heard, a little over 100,000 tickets, and they were expecting 400,000. So that's why some of the ticket prices have come down. We've heard a little bit of complaining from people who paid a, a larger price, and now they've come down. So, yeah. uh, you know... But if you were thinking about going and you were putting it off because of housing and because of ticket prices, maybe take a look again and you might be able to yeah. get a last-minute deal. Actually, cool. what really happened is recent Phillips said, uh, you guys are doing a daily wrap-up show and you're going to talk about dressage. And Glenn, you're going to do that? And they said, no, we're not letting him do that. <laughs> so we will come and help with that cover. That's exactly what yeah, happened. We're, yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, yeah they're, not letting, they're not letting Norris Radio Network be embarrassed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we just don't miss a party for sure. So we're, we're really looking forward to it. And that's in a couple weeks. So uh, I love it. One other thing, and we're very proud of this, and you guys have both been on the show, Horses in the Morning, which is kind of our flagship show for the Horse Radio Network, reached uh, 2,000 episodes on Wednesday. And it's one of the best we can tell, one of about 15 or 20 podcasts in the world that have ever reached 2,000 episodes. Wow. So we're very proud of that. And we're, you know, we're excited that people listen, and we hope if you haven't tried it yet, you come over and take a listen. It's uh, horsesinthemorning.com, and it's a daily show. starts at 9 a.m. every day, and it's a lot of fun. Plus, you might learn something along the way. Congratulations, Glenn. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we get it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. Congratulations. That's great. That's really cool. Okay, now I'm well, done bragging. It's all yours. Oh, we have lots going on here in the Horse Radio Network, and you can always find that on horseradionetwork.com, along with the links to our show, so uh, fantastic. Well, we've got a great show today. We're going to get into it, because we got a lot of content today, so our first guest is George Williams, and I hope you enjoy his interview. Well, this evening, we are honored to have George Williams. He is the president of USDF and the USEF Youth Coach for Dressage on the program. George, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, we've had you on before, but this is the first time as we are the official podcast of USDF, so it's even more fun to have you. And um, it sounds like you are on your way to Chicago for the USDF National Championships, right? Right. This is the Festival of Champions. So it is the National Championships for um, 
for along with with youth, it is the ponies, the children. It's FEI ponies, the children, juniors, and young riders, uh, as well as the U25, and then of course for the senior riders, uh, well, senior riders, it's the Grand Prix, <laughs> the I1, the Developing Horse Grand Prix, Developing Horse Prix St. George, and the Young Horse Classes. So the four, five, and six-year-olds. It is going to be quite a, a, busy week, quite a championship. Yes. It's going right? to be very busy. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Oh, my there. goodness. Yeah. Well, we're so thankful you made time for us this week. We yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, last week we had a great talk with um, Callie and Anna about the European tour that, um, that those girls went on with you. And we wanted to talk to you a little yeah. bit about sort of what the goals are with that and, and where the youth programs are going in the United States. Uh, at, um that the trip they went on is the European Young Rider Tour, which is a I think a terrific opportunity. Um, we have we had three three riders on it. You had as you mentioned, you had Anna Weniger and Callie Jones, and Ben Ebling was our third rider. Uh, this is a tour that we um, put together. They have to qualify. Uh, they qualify through CDI Y scores. Um, so it's really the leading young riders in the country. Um, we, we go to Europe for approximately six weeks. Uh, this year we did two CDIs and, and the Y, the young rider division of the CDIs as a warm up. And the final competition is a competition called future champions, which is in Hagen, Germany. And it is a nation's cup. It's an amazing competition. Uh, it's a nation's cup for young riders, but it's also a nation cup for FEI ponies, uh, juniors, uh, children, and, and the young riders, but in dressage and jumping. So it's wow. a, a huge competition. Um, they had approximately 800 horses with, I think, around 22 countries in total participating. Um, so that that's really the finale of our tour. And then... Um, what we build up to. So we, they, um, we start started with Compiègne, France, with the CDI there, which is, as I said, as a warm-up show, which was a, a very nice show to start with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to uh, Aachen Dressage Days, which is sometimes referred to as Little Aachen. It is, of course, in the show, the you know, at the showgrounds where CHIO Aachen is held. Um, and the dressage is in the same stadium, so it's quite an impressive competition in that a sense. A similar experience. Yeah. 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 So, um, so in doing this, really what we're trying to do is to introduce our young riders to European competitions. Uh, they have a chance to go against their peers uh, from Europe, I think, which is a terrific opportunity. Um, they can see the quality that is there, but I think... And I have a feeling that Anna and Callie may have mentioned as well. Not only do they see the quality that's there, but they also realize that they're uh, they fit right in, so they can be very competitive. <laughs> they did <laughs> so say it, that actually. They, they did. Exactly you were very that, proud. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that's, and that's one of the things we're hoping for is for them to, of course, be motivated and to you know for our riders to get better and better, but also to realize that they're they're starting from a fairly good place and. Um, should be very proud of where they're at and, and, you know, be able to build very confidently from there. Um, I think it's also going into it, going into Hagen is a team experience. Uh, so it's, um, you know, that definitely prepare, you know, helps to prepare them for down the road. If they want to participate or continue as uh, senior athletes, um, they have this team experience behind them. They have the whole European experience behind them. Um, they get used to, uh, the nuances, if you will, of how CDIs are run in other countries, um, some of the language barriers and, and some of the, um, I don't know if the right words, customs or traditions, but the way things are sometimes done in Europe versus how they are done here. So I think it's a, in that way, it's a real uh, eye-opener and a great experience. But it also um, just, I think, just prepares them and builds, gives them confidence. And you know, I always sort of joke that that for me, when we go, we want to do as well as we can. We want our riders to really medal at at 
the future champions. However, um, in a lot of ways, we're, we're really setting the groundwork and preparing them and helping form a, um, sort of start networking with Europe and just preparing them for the future. So when they do go back later, they can go back that much better prepared. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the challenges of uh, of this type of uh, experience and, 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 you know, going across for anybody who's never maybe taken a horse um, that far right. or, or the shipping and logistics, you know, uh, how, mm-hmm. how much time and like when do you start planning this and, and putting it together? Because I think, you know, the, the amount of effort that goes into this kind of uh, a journey starts really early, early doesn't it? It does. And the, you know, they have, they apply and I, I hate to say when the application deadline is because <laughs> I'll get it wrong, but, but the, the, what the way the qualifying period works is they have to get scores, some scores between January 1st and the end of the qualifying period, which is uh, around May 1st in that time frame. Um, but they are allowed to use scores from the previous years uh, festival champions, and also the previous years um, North American Youth Championships. Uh, but they they do have to have more recent scores. So I think in and you know of course we watch those scores and we watch how the ranking list is going, and those that we see that are really look like they're going to be the ones. Um, you know, to be at the top of the ranking list at the end of the qualifying period, we start having conversations with them in March uh, to start sort of get them thinking, um, make sure that they have a shipping agent that they can work with. Uh, we, we, you know, we have the calendar worked out, so we try to start working with them about finding housing. And part of this, I'm sort of, I'm glad you brought this up because part of what this is is we have them do all of their shipping arrangements. Um, you know, we're there to help them and guide them, but um, we're not we're not doing it for them in that sense. And once we get there, I, I work as the chef to keep. I help them at the competitions, but we're really trying to uh, prepare them, you know, and, and let them learn how to deal with with the shipping uh, transport within Europe once they're there, ground transport. Um, we, we handle the entries at the shows because, um, that's how it works with the CDIs and the, you know, when you're, when you're competing mm-hmm. outside of the U S and, and also currently now, actually with the FEI, we have the, the online entry system that works through the, um, through your national federation. So, but we, we really try to make certain that they have to handle all those details and get involved in those details. So once again, they're, they're better prepared when they go back the next time. And and so these arrangements do take a while. You have you have to make sure that their paperwork and the the health papers are, you know, set for the horses. And so that's one reason why we talk to them fairly early on to make sure that all the inoculations and those requirements are all up to date. Yeah, and just even your own passport. I mean, just there are some logistics exactly. there. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like yeah, there's some yeah. things, which is exactly what you need to learn at, at that age. Uh, it just sounds like yeah. a phenomenal experience. And so, George, just uh, changing gears a little bit, you know, wanted to, to change the conversation a little bit of, you know, how do our riders, our youth riders, they're interested and they want to get to you as the youth coach. How does that happen? I mean, kind of give us the the ground rules on how, how that happens and how can they figure that information out? Yeah, we, out? we have several ways that we do it. And when I say we, Charlotte Bredal is the assistant youth coach. We work very closely together in all the programs that we do. Um, there, there are different, you know, sort of stages, if you will. We have uh, through the USDF and USEF, we have our regional uh, youth, uh, their young junior young rider clinics that we conduct. Uh, there's always one in each region. It's the goal anyway, to have one in each region every year. Um, so that's one way that we do it. Um, we also, through the uh, Discover Dressage, we were able to do, to develop or create the USEF, USDF uh, Emerging Athlete Program. So it's the real real titles that Discovered Dressage, USEF, USDF Emerging (laughs) Athlete Program. 
Um, and with that, through USEF, we do run some um, clinics throughout the year. They're really evaluation observation sessions uh, where Charlotte and I, you know, work with the riders, watch the riders, and, and evaluate the riders. Um, the Emerging Athlete Program is fairly new, and in that, the top athletes, uh, based really on their performances, are invited to be members of the program. Uh, so right now, I would have to double-check, but it's approximately 12 riders that are part of that program. Uh, it is currently made up of young riders and a few two or three U25 riders. Um, and, and those riders, uh, their benefits that they receive, um, we do video evaluations or, and, you know, giving feedback on videos. They have things like a statistical analysis of their scores that we're able to offer uh, through global analytics. Um, and there are other um, there are other benefits. They have a little bit more access to the physiotherapist, mm-hmm. and and we try to make sure that they have access to our team vet or uh, those that work with the team vet. The other, you know, those vets. So we did. We tried, so I think the the program is new, and and we're do, it sort of we're <laughs> um, <laughs> refining it as we go. I guess tweaking yep. it is a better word as we go, but. <laughs> um, we're really trying to, you know, make it help them find, you know, with their learning and, and yeah. it, it give them in their training and, and just giving them guidance and also uh, helping them strategize. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so this week at the Festival of Champions, you're also there, right? If a rider needs a coach or needs some help, you're also there in that role this week. Is that how it yes. works? Yeah, both, both Charlotte and I are at, um, you know, we're here on behalf, or, and because of USEF, uh, we do it at the festival. We're available for any of the riders that would want help, and we also do it at the North American Youth Championships. Oh, that's fantastic. So, um, yeah, or any of the trainers. And, and our goal is always really to work very closely with all of the trainers and, and private coaches, because I think we feel very strongly that this it has to be a joint effort. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> large country to begin with. Um, as you know, it's a, it can be a difficult sport and, and we're very spread out around the country. Um, so we, we feel, you know, that the only way we can be effective is, is if we really approach it by working as closely as we can with the, the private trainers of, mm-hmm. of the youth. And if they don't, and if they don't have one, we're certainly happy to step in. And sometimes, you know, we're just standing beside the trainer and helping the trainer during the, or I should say help, well, we're there helping the trainer, but guy, you know, giving a little bit of feedback to the trainers as their students warm up. So if oh. we're, we're here to, in a sense to be used anyway, yeah. the athlete and the trainer want to, want to use us. So. <laughs> Yeah. Fantastic. Well, what what a great opportunity. This was not even really an option when I was a young rider, which we're not going to talk about when that was, um, but it wasn't really an option. So it's so fun that, that this has all changed. And um, if, if riders have some questions, is the best way for them to figure out some more information on the USDF or USEF websites? How do they do that? The, the um, Discover Dressage Emerging Athlete Program is run primarily through the US. EF office. So the best thing is to contact the dressage department at the USEF on that, and they can get the feedback. The regional clinics, um, and of course, any information uh, leading up to the North American Youth Championships. Um, the USDF handles a lot of the uh, a lot of that. Um, they they do, they handle the regional clinics, and then they also handle the the qualifying criteria and and the questions that go along with that for the North American Youth Championships. Excellent. Well, George, thank you so much for your time. You're super busy this week, and uh, we really appreciate it. We look forward to having you back on another time. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Well, right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back and Phil and I are going to continue our series on the third test of each level, uh, and we're going to do second level test three, the beginning part this time. (laughs) 
This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, Equijule allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. are coming back to our segment. I'm actually really excited about this segment because um, up here, actually, I'm going to a horse show. It's Monday today. We're recording on a Monday. It's a little early because uh, I'm going to a horse show on Wednesday, and I am actually riding the second level test three. So I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of excited. We're going over it so I can get a few extra points. Um, <laughs> follow me, who everyone who's been following along. Big Mike uh, is going to do this test. And this is a hard test, actually. Um, so second level test three, I'm just going to remind everybody the purpose. It's to confirm that the horse demonstrates correct basics, having achieved thrust required in first level, and now accepts more weight on the hindquarters collection. Moves with an uphill tendency, especially in the medium gates, is reliably on the bit, greater degree of straightness, bending, suppleness, throughness, balance, and self-carriage is required than first level. <laughs> a lot, a lot more. A lot, a and lot I'm more kind of like straightness, <laughs> bending, suppleness, balance, self-carriage. Yes, not just a little bit. By the time ah. yeah, the second test three. Yes, you're, <laughs> that you're being doing the real problem. dressage now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Big Mike and I can, can feel it. Yeah, we are we are right there. We're feeling the 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 big jump here. I'm not gonna lie. Big Mike and I are, are uh, you know Yeah, this is this is big stuff. Big Mike's a, a six year old, so this is like the first time he's ever had to do this stuff. So I am in the second level doldrums as everyone doldrums, else. Yeah. It, the doldrums. It is a hard level. Um, you know, like with a six year old, it's the first time he's ever been asked to do these type of things. You know, the throughness, the balance. Bit. Yeah, the collection, you know, the real the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it actually starts out, it's not too bad when you start, um, and then it gets bad quick. Um so A enter collected trot X halt salute proceed collected trot. Um you know that's so that's the is, same. Yeah, this is right away. Yep. It says collected in the in the test. Collected. So it, it must be pretty collected. Now, I tell people because it just as a little side note that um, if you only have a judge sitting at C, it doesn't have to be that collected because it's hard for a judge right. to see at that. You know, but if you yeah. got one at if you got one at C and you got one at B, then you're going to have to show a little <laughs> bit a little bit of extra compressions a little bit shorter strides you know the horse should be elevating in each stride um it's important that you know your collection is not just slow slower strides and not just (laughs) you know collection has to have that element of impulsion that you're you're still always going forward um you know that's it's it's a hard it's a hard element just to be able to create that nice collected trot the horse being engaged and and covering less ground but but with all that energy that's covering less ground you have to be getting more i always tell you more air time right more you know so uh don't just compress the strides without creating that a little bit of that air time or or schwung right Right. schwung as the germans say right so uh well and it's all the all the trot is sitting (laughs) which i can tell (laughs) you is a challenge for me you know, uh, because again, that's strength of the back rate right? and the the compression, and then you they have to carry you while doing those things. Well, yeah. So it is yeah. very hard. So that starts from the very beginning. You are sitting and you are in collected trot. Welcome to second level. And yeah. You're gonna so, halt at X. No, no walk. 
right? No walk, immobile for minimum Square, three seconds. All, mm-hmm. You know, at the right place. Yeah, all, all those little things that maybe at first level that, you know, they sort of let be a little bit now have to be pretty darn perfect. Yeah, they, they're not going to let that be at second level. It's three. Because again, second level three means you're getting closer to third level. You know, that's yeah. that's what the judge wants to see. Like, you know, they want to, in their mind, can in a couple months or good work, can they move to third level, for example. All right. So C, track left. HXF, change rain, medium trot, F, collected trot. And then there is a number three is the transitions between H and F. Um, transition H and F. So not only do you have the medium trot and sitting trot, um, you are now, you have points for the transitions in yeah. and out. It's Yeah, um, and the terminology medium is not lengthening. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a real clearly defined change in the gait. Right. And, and a and moderate change in size of stride, yeah. And, right, the frame uh, needs to change. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, be very clear about making your turn left. Uh, you're going to have to also show a little bit more um, balance and engagement in the corner, a little bit deeper corner, um, and a clear transition at at, at H. You know, changing <laughs> the F. trot. It's a different yeah. trot. You have to really it's think. A it's not trot. just a longer trot. It's a <laughs> right. different or trot faster. altogether. So right or faster. You know, that's yeah, that's the not other faster. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Same tempo, same rhythm. So and you have to go the length of the arena, which kids. 60 meters. Say a little prayer for me on Wednesday. Like, that's a long <laughs> way on a young horse. That's yeah. like, yeah. oh, boy. Yeah, that's it's long. a common problem to sort of peter out yep. uh, near the end. So what I try and do is uh, make the transition in H and then a little bit of refresh of the trot at X. Yes. You know, and um, sometimes I see the horses waver because they're not quite straight enough. You know, straightness is going to help you achieve... Um, a better balance and not losing your energy. If the horse takes a little, a little step to the side or this side or that side, or is, you know, leaning in and out, it's very hard to keep a really consistent medium trot all across that full length of the arena. So, um, you know, it's okay to have to do a few strides and then, and, and then, you know, press them forward a little bit again to make sure they're going to make it all the way across and then press them as you collect them back at F yeah, to make a clear transition. transition at F. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's clear. That's why they put an extra mark in for the transitions because mm-hmm. that's such an important part of of uh, this movement. Yeah, and that won't go away. That'll that'll be there forever. It's in the Grand Prix. Like that, that's gonna always from this point on be there. All right. So you ride the the medium trot. You ride an awesome transition back. Uh, then you have your shoulder in K to E, uh, shoulder yeah. in right. So that doesn't again, mean that you're not going to get like judged as you make your way across the short side. Right. I think, you know, even though it's not, you know, there's no number, there's no like collected trot across the short side, Mark. the judge is watching. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And what I try, and, really what, yeah. And again, if you have only one judge at A, that's their opportunity to look at the side profile of the horse. And so you better, you know, you better have energy across that short side because the judge is going to have that that picture in their mind of the, you know, when, when you're coming down the long sides, you're more and, and down the center line, you're more or less the, the judge can't really see that profile. But right. every time you cross the short side, they're looking at that and they want to see your horse bouncing across the short side, making mm-hmm. beautiful, short, energetic quality steps. So it's not right. a, it's not a, you know, do your transition then take a break and, you know, get prepared for your shoulder in it's, you know, now show the judge a, a short side in two really nice corners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you need the corner, right? The second corner to ride a proper shoulder in. Uh, this was my fault today while schooling. You know, I kind of came through and I didn't have enough bend in the corner. So, and then I wasn't able to keep them on the outside range. So I was like, oh, that was a very badly ridden corner on my time. So yeah, I that'll show, that'll show up in shoulder in for sure because yes, bending, and you need that energy and and to make the correct angle and all that all all that good stuff. So, right. What are some some common things that we we see in shoulder in that are not correct? Well, I think a lot of times I see a lot of neck in. You know, you actually have to position the shoulder off the track, um, you know, and not pull on the inside rein. I see that a lot. Um, I see a lot of 
um, the angle changing uh, in and out. You know, you need a consistent angle. What you start with is what you have to finish. Uh, In this case, you're going to be at E. You have to go from the corner marker, which is K to E. That's what that's what the directive says. Um, Also, this happens to me, (laughs) you know, I lose my quality of trot. You know, my guy goes, oh, my goodness, I have to move my body and trot at the same time. So there's a lot of things that have to happen in, in that sort of short amount of time. And, you know, as the horses get older, they ha- they're a little bit more used to it. And this is one of the first times they're going to actually have to do that. And it's, it's a little challenging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've shown a really nice uh, energetic uh, trot across the short side, we don't want to see any less trot as you make right. your make your little angle into the shoulder in. Which and, all the horses yeah. are going to want to do. I mean, that's that's a yeah. I mean, because thing. it's hard, right? Yeah, right. They're going to like, I'll just slow down and and lose <laughs> the collection there. And you're like, oh no, please don't do that. Okay. So then we have a ten meter circle. Um, again, this is this is actually a pet peeve of mine in this test and riding it and and coaching it. Um, it is a ten meter circle, and that score is equal to the shoulder end score, and it's equal to the haunches end score. I mean, it is its own block. And I can't stand when people don't ride a quality circle. You also see it up in the pre-St. George. Like, if it's a 10-meter circle, ride a solid quality shoulder in. Uh, that's really important to do that. I mean, sorry, a good circle out of the shoulder in. So you need yeah. to make sure you make your turn. You have the horse on the outside rein. Um, you ride the correct geometry, which sounds so <laughs> silly, but that's really important. Um, it's a, yeah, you know, this circle here is a test of your shoulder in, actually. So yeah, if is. your horse is bulging out through the shoulder, you know, if mm-hmm. that you've made your angle with your inside rein and your inside leg, and, and now you have to ride a circle, the it's very, very common to see this, the first half of that circle being way too big, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, going from bulging out to bulging out even more. Because yeah, which case, is really bad. If you, you actually have to straighten the horse slightly to make it around that circle in the right sh- shape and size. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what I try and do is, you know, the last two strides of my shoulder in, I'm actually going to gently straighten the horse a little bit so that I know that the horse is going to listen to my outside aid so I can turn and make, um, you know, and make the turn more correct and not be, you know, falling out as I'm trying to make the circle. Well, and that's a good point, right? It's more almost the way you ride it versus someone seeing it, right? It's not that you just need to reposition the horse on the outside rein there. I think that's really important. And then use it. Yeah. And then use it. So then you're going to ride your 10 meter circle and then you ride E to H Travers right. So again, this is kind of a test of the circle, right? The haunches in is the last step of that 10 meter circle. So the circle is to set you up for the haunches in. But with that said, if you slide your outside leg back too quickly, the horse can canter. The horse can bring the haunches in on the circle, which of course the judge is looking for. So you have to be careful (laughs) that you don't have that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. as as a little bit of a cheat, you know, like you you don't um, finish the horse, you know, have the hind legs on the wall and then bring them back in. No. You know, mm-hmm. as part of training, you know, I always use the corner or use the circle uh, in Traver that the hind legs are already, um, you know, are already a little bit off the track. And I'm, I'm just going to keep them, uh, you know, a little bit off the track. I don't allow the horse to get on, you know, get back to the track and then try and push them off again. So it's a it's a little tricky, you know, uh, in the way that you ride it because, like you said, if you start the travel a little early, then your circle is going to collapse. Your right. your timing has to be so good in these in these movements, you know, from shoulder end to circle to travel, that you know anything you do, uh, you know, a hair too early, a stride too early is going to cause a problem. Yes, and obviously, a, big one. a stride too late will also. Cause it. So this is really, you know, the second level is a test as much of, of the movements of, of the rider's timing in the movements, you know, because it, it has to be in the right stride. So, um, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep the hind legs in from the circle, follow the bend of the circle down the wall in, in a really nice travel that has all the energy that you created way back when you, when you were across the short side, right? No loss mm-hmm. of energy. Yeah, you know, it's really common to see in Traver, and it's really common for young horses uh, building their strength. But I mean, this is not this is not training. This is a test, right? And, right. and in the test, you have to show that the horse has enough strength to carry it to from shoulder it. in to a small circle to a travel Traver. This is a it's 
it's a, a tough question of the horse. And um, if you lose, you know, even for two, three strides, if you lose the quality of, of the energy, the quality of the trot, you're going to get dinged. Right. Absolutely. You know, so. Yeah. So, so then um, you're going to ride a really good quality short side again. Again, you're going across yeah. by the judge. So you want to show them a nice yeah, collection. You can refresh trot. that trot again, get, mm-hmm. get them ready, you know, um, work them a little bit across the short side so that he's ready. You're you know, ready. If you did right. lose some energy, you're getting it back and you're, you're going to power across in your uh, MXK change rain medium trot. Mm-hmm. If your horse has got a little bit tired and, and is not, you know, is not in front of your leg enough. That's your, again, the short side is your, it's a movement. It's a, it's your opportunity to make that happen. So, yep. um, you know, don't give up and don't say, oh, he's just, he's too lazy now. And, you know, uh, no, and, no, you got a lot more, a lot more trot work. Get him refreshed ahead, yeah. on that think short ahead side. And think, okay, I can get yep. this back. I can save it. You know, uh, I can uh, use the medium trot to, to get that horse, get that horse going again. You got it. And so then again, the same thing, the transitions are scored uh, for that medium trot. Uh, and then we just do the same exercise to the left. We do the shoulder in F to B, your 10 meter circle at B and B to M travers. So kind of everything we said to the right applies to the left. Um, I would say the yeah. biggest thing is, you know, horses are going to be better left and left or right. You know what I mean? Each horse yeah. has a stiff and a hollow side. Um, so, you know, you need to have schooled that and sort of have a plan for that. Um, as you come in, uh, my big mic happens to be easier to the left, uh, with the shoulder and the haunches in the right, um, shoulder oh. in is the hardest. He's pretty perfect, Phil. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Typically you'll see a horse with, um, for instance, the right shoulder in is, is good. And the right traver is not so good. And then the left shoulder in is not so, you know what I mean? Like I would say for Mike, yes, exactly. Cause that's how they have to move their body. His left shoulder in is easier and his right haunches in. So that kind of makes yeah. sense on why that would be that way. So yes, exactly. But I mean, obviously he's perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but again, that's a, that's a common problem. You're like, Oh, on the left, he's so good at, you yes. know, he's so good at one thing and not good at the other. That's, that's very, very common. Right. It just, you know, in your training, spend a little bit more time, uh, you know, on, uh, on, on the things that are weaker. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. You, the goal, you know, the goal in the end of all of these suppling exercises is actually to make the horse, equal and even and and straighter yes right absolutely so you're achieving the goal of straightness by by working the weaker the weaker point uh, right know. and so. i will say i mean just for my own own you know i i really don't like second level but it's sort of where this horse happens to be and and i want he needs to show a little bit so he gets to be good at horse shows and you know it's, this is yeah, where we are some miles. You know, yeah. some miles so i said you know i hate second level but you know this is going to be good for him and I will say for an exercise in my own riding, um, this has been very helpful because, uh, you know, I have a very, I, I rode this test in June and it was okay, but, you know, I schooled it today and he was really good and I can actually feel how sort of the development has helped from June to now, uh, I guess we're at almost the end of August, you know, so two months, let's say of, of training, he's so much better and, and he's more reliable and he's stronger. And so it has been fun to sort of show the test. We showed second level. It's one. a great evaluation tool. Yeah. And, you know, even really some, some days when it feels like, oh, are we really, you know, going, going anywhere with this training <laughs> or you know, that kind of feeling Then you like, right. You know, you put him through a test and you're like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, okay, you know? he can carry himself a little bit more. And, <laughs> You know, the the track the four track traver is is really come along you know that kind of right. thing so right. oh, yeah like thing. like you said it's it's not really a fun level no, um, because there's but... so many um, <laughs> quick questions and and like we talked about a little bit the timing of how you have to the horse has to be really good off your aids and really quick off your aids and it just seems like you're turning a lot and doing a lot of stuff yeah you are doing because they're you know, not in as... a short amount of time and it's it's uh it's tough Mine to, is like moving a big boat around because he's a big guy. And there's a <laughs> lot a long, of yeah. moving that big guy around. When he learns, he'll he'll be it'll be easier. Um, so we, so then actually there are some significant questions that come up after um, the travers to the left. At C, you ride a halt and rein back three to four steps and proceed in medium walk. Um, you know you want to go in and you want to have a square halt, which from experience is already a a tricky one. So and here, and here's know. a here's a big a big thing immobile. Yes. 
And mobile. And mobile on this hall is Where? it's difficult. Mobile. Yeah, because if you've been training at home though, and you've ridden this test quite a bit, the horse will be one step ahead of you and ready to step back a little bit too quick. Uh, I see that a lot, and you know, so um, and and you're at home training only do the rain back half the time. Right. So you know, so that the horse learns well, to stand long back. enough. Yeah, or half the time, or you rein back two steps, walk forward, rein back again. I mean, there's a lot of things in the rein. Yeah, back there's different thing. things. Yeah, to to introduce the idea that it's not always halt, rein back, three, four rain steps, or, you know, whatever, you know. So mix it up a little bit so that your horse is still sharp on your aids and and uh, and will wait the the three seconds for immobility, and then you and then you're gonna rein back. Um, you want to have this trained well enough that you're not pulling on the horse's face and causing problems. So, you know, we see that a little bit where the horse is not really trained um, to do the, the rein back with easy aids and, and quiet riding. Um, you know, because any disturbance in the top line is going to get marks down. Mm. And any kind of nose curling to the chin, that's, in the, you know, either the horses resist and the, and the pole will go up or the horses want to hide behind the contact and they're their um, nose goes into the chest. Both are wrong. Right. It has to be, yeah. you know, in the same frame and they have to step back evenly. Um, active steps, not not dragging their toes. So the steps have to be backwards but active. They pick up their feet in the diagonal pairs and, and clear, you know, clear strides one, two, three, four, or one, two, three, and immediately out of that rain back. Mm-hmm. So there should not be in the walk rain back, this time. three strides, yeah halt for five seconds again and then walk forward. Walk out, yeah. Because it doesn't serve the purpose. So the purpose of the rain back is to get the horses balanced onto the haunches, still connected, still round. But the real payoff is stepping forward out of it. So you've now put the horse's weight on the haunches and now they have to learn to step forward out of it. That's a super straightening, a super training exercise for strengthening those hocks and that hind leg. But if you halt and then go forward again, you're not, that doesn't serve the purpose of it. So, um, Rain back can be quite tricky in training it for the horses. Um, you know, maybe on another show we'll give you tips for rain back and, and getting it right. But and I'm sure we've covered it before. Um, but it must be correct in this test, and 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 not rhythm problems, not um, engagement problems, connection problems. Absolutely. So there you it. go. And then you're walking forward, medium walk. Um, up to H. H, you're turning left. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Between G and M, shorten the stride. Half the turn dreaded. on haunches left. <laughs> the dreaded walk pirouettes or turn on this the haunches. I think I really hope <laughs> in the rewriting of these tests they're taking they're going to take them out of. Uh, I think we, second we level. can only. Ah, Phil, I think we can only dream of that, but we're not it's sure. We haven't seen the test. Well, yeah, it's just this. It's yeah. Happy. So it's they're they're really hard to teach and they're really hard to ride. Um, regularity and quality of the shortened walk strides, activity of the hind legs, bend and flu, fluid fluency in the turn. So, um, first of all, I, I have to I, I I don't I don't know from a from a rider's perspective, I am always pretty good at at doing these because I have a little bit of experience with that. Um, it's very hard if you don't have the experience of that. Um, but one of the exercises that Phil um, has helped me with is having, this is sort of, you need to build this before you do it. So one of the things you have to do is, or I do a lot of turning the haunches and turning the shoulders in my warm up with my horses, even my youngsters. So when we get to this point, they kind of already have the idea or know that they are, they're able to move their shoulders and move their haunches. And I'm able to sort of step by step help them with that. Um, that's one of the things that I like to tell people to do with the turn on the haunches is go and ride kind of fairly quick shoulder in to haunches in. Uh, at this point, they should know a little bit of half pass um, to help with the actual turn on the haunches and the preparation of it so that when you go to ride the turn on the haunches, the horse has a clue on how to do it. Cause this is one that, that Phil and I can tell you, we both as trainers, it's, it, it's a little bit of hair pulling to, to do these. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is hard. It's hard for everyone. It's, I mean, it's, and it's really hard if you're 
if you're a rider that is also training, you know, training your horse sort of at the same time, much easier if your horse knows this, you know, this move, but it's so easy to lose balance. Um, even for half a stride, if you lose balance, you're going to lose the activity. If you lose the activity, the horse will spin on the, you know, so you just really have to have them on your aids and you really, and the horse has to really want to be continuing to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. As a trainer, if this if this move is executed with good balance and good energy, and the turn is big, I'm totally happy with that. Yeah, no how it, rather no big. Yeah. Yes. Um, rather big than stepping straight. Yeah. Um, I never know how the judge is going to judge it. Yeah. That this I think this is one of the moves that has the biggest discrepancy in in between judges on on you know what score a a big a big sort of pirouette gets and what score you know yes. again is another one of my pet peeves is that I, I think it's unclear you get unclear messaging from judges on what's a, what's a good pirouette you know it's it, it says turn on the haunches but i get comments yeah, all the time like needs to be like smaller that. needs to be smaller needs to be smaller and it drives me crazy so um Follow your trainer's advice. Yeah. They know your horse a lot better than a judge who sees it, you know, in a moment and and whatever. And so, and it's just a case of keep plugging away and, and keep developing your feel for pirouettes. Cause this is a movement that really takes a lot of feel and, uh, probably two, three years before you even, you know, even get, that doesn't mean you have, because it goes all the way through like almost every test, um, until I won when you stop having to ride it again. Yeah, it's going to be around a while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's hard work. And, you know, as as much education as you get about watching them on the Internet and, you know, getting advice through literature, all those kinds of things that that can really help. Um, You know, and maybe one day somebody says something in a a different way that you haven't heard before and all of a sudden it will click for you. Well, that happened to me this week in my lesson. You know, Scott said, hey, it needs to be a little little smaller up front. I was like, oh, maybe if I shift the shoulders over – that was it. I mean, if I just move the go. shoulders over a little bit more and I felt like a rock star. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things that, uh, it's just, they take a lot of time. And my, my particular horse is, is a huge guy. He's huge. And so it's a lot of parts to move for him. And, uh, but I, I do start those. I do not start those the week before the horse show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need sure. to be schooling. Again, those. Yeah, you have to be, again, this is a really big time timing yeah. thing. Again, you yeah. know, you need, your outside rain at the right time and the, and the outside leg at the right time and the inside leg at the right time. Like, you know, you, it, yeah. you just have to really develop for that feel for when they're about to lose. Cause once they, like I said, once they lo- lose their balance and you're going to lose your activity, you're going to lose your pirouette and it's, you know, it's not easy to get it back. No. Right. So again, you just have to be next time. I'm going to be half a stride earlier with my inside leg and I'm going to catch that problem. And, and as usual, the, you know, horse will do, decent uh pirouettes on one side and then the other side will be just feeling you know kind of like a mess sometimes and sometimes you get like really make it better and then next week you know you you take one step forward and then two steps back and then two steps forward and one back you know like it it can get better and worse all within three rides it's it's really a funny movement it's really hard yeah it is so so you ride those movements and then at m you turn right well phil for our total saddle fit tip of the week we have katie pogon but as always, we love to talk about this girth because you and I both use them and we love them. Not going to lie, I ended up switching Big Mike from the neoprene to the fleece and he loves it even more. I, I'm really, really happy <laughs> with that. He likes the fleece better, I think. Okay, but what- well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is just the shape and, and the way these girths work. And, you know, the switchable liners is, is really the icing on the cake about, about yes. you know, being able to try different things with different horses. The design of all of these total saddle fit girths is just amazing. They call them the shoulder relief girth because, it, you know, it applies the pressure in the right places. They're, you know, designed in such a way that, um, you know, without changing too much, just having a little bit of different girth, your saddle is going to fit a lot better and and your horse is going to appreciate it and and move a lot better which is if we if we can create a little bit better comfort for the horse and we can get them moving more freely through the shoulders we don't have to work so hard as trainers to to make it happen 
that that's always so a bonus for us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I uh, have, have any questions, Justin at totalsaddlefit.com is fantastic to talk to and you can check out all their products. They have lots of products, lots of different price points that are great. Um, so we hope you check it out. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, tonight for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we are so happy to have our friend and small art judge and FEI rider and trainer, Katie Pogue, on the show. Katie, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, we have missed you, and we wanted to get you on the show again. We haven't had you on in a couple months, and uh, so how are things? You are a judge now. What? What happened? It it is um, it's a lot of fun. I have enjoyed the process, and would like to continue. Um, I'm working now towards the requirements for the large R, and it's it is a process. Um, but it is something that I feel, um, with the, the riding, the teaching, the competing, it has just made for me a well-rounded circle of everything in dressage. And I just have enjoyed it. And I think my horses have benefited from just more education from that perspective in training and also in teaching and students and preparing them, the ones that want to compete. And so it has just, um, it has been exciting, um, a little bit scary having to officially be the judge and ring the bell and try to keep order of everything in the arena. Um, Mm -hmm. but it is, it just kind of puts a whole new light on things. Yeah. And talk a little Um, bit more too about, yeah, the perspective you get from judging, and, you know, what is the judge's role in those types of things? Well, I have um, definitely kind of a, a new level of respect for all the judges that are out there and just, you know, keeping up the timely order of things in the arena, keeping things going, trying to um, help each rider. And in the process of going through the L program and the small R program, it was, you know, really brought to our attention that it is, um, you know, we are really out there to help the riders and the riders with their horses. And so that everybody comes away with a good experience and, you know, that they, they learn something. And so whether it is trying to make sure that we give very constructive um, helpful comments, um, and fair and accurate comments and scores. Um, but also, you know, it's just sitting there and, and watching the riders, you get to see riders that are very experienced. Um, you know, I've, you are judging people who are very new at competing and, you know, you can, you can tell the people who have been there, done that, and are very comfortable. You can tell the people who are very nervous and they're trying their hardest. And I think as as a rider going in, especially the greener competitors, is just to remember that we are there to help um, and make it as positive of an experience as possible. And sitting there and watching the riders, you you are you know, I, I get to judge training level through second level and, you know, you're watching and you're, you're wanting them to, you know, keep the angle in the shoulder in and, you know, maybe they had a little bobble and you're wanting them to get it organized again or something. And it just, it has just made me realize, and and some people are, you know, either frustrated with a judge's score and it, it might be, legit because it just didn't come together that day but in trying to walk away from the arena knowing that we're not out there to get you (laughs) or to be you know critical that it is it is such a hard thing to get 
yourself organized, the horse organized, memorize your test. And, you know, we just see that horse in that moment. And um, I just want everyone to realize because they really, you know, wanted to make sure that we understood that. And in the training for the judges program, um, and now just sitting in the chair that, you know, you really are their biggest fan and you really are, come on, do it. You, you know, that you just, as you're talking to your scribe and, and, and giving comments and things like that, you know, you are really feeling like you're cheering this person on and wanting them to do well. And there's just so many things that come with the horse show. And I just want everybody to realize that it just, it, it is supposed to be fun and, we all love the horses and the sport. I think, I think and you know, part of the problem, you know, I'm, I'm not an official judge, but I've certainly judged my fair share of small, you know, local shows. Is Part of the problem is that, um, you know, every time you make a comment, it's, uh, it's, the comment is always, why wasn't the score higher? You know, so your comment is related to that. Like, you know, I always kind of want right. to say, that was pretty good, but, you know, and... But when you're going through a test, you know, and the rider's riding, you 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 can't say, you know, a positive comment with a negative comment. That's you know, that's sort of how you get used to coaching. You know, you're like, okay, there was two things about that that movement that you just wrote. This was good, but that but this was lacking. And and so and when you're judging, I think you can only sort of you know you 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 give a five and you and you have to say what was lacking. Right. right, and so as as a competitor, you get a you get a test back, and there wasn't enough time, you know. Unless you know, a judge's tendency is to give you know a seven and say good, but if it yeah, wasn't a seven, you have to say why wasn't it a seven, and that's part of your job, and that leads to sort of a uh, a negative impression from f when you get and you start reading your test back. You're just like, well, all these comments are just negatives, right? All the, all these all these comments are just critiques of what what I did wrong. You know, that's not, yeah. I mean, I know you as a person, that's not, that's not a judge as a person is not a negative person. That's just, you know, like, good job, but I want, you know, I want you to get a better score. So this is what you need, more angle, mm -hmm. more engagement, more, you know, whatever it is, right? You, there's not enough time yeah. or not enough space and, and to say, you know, great job on this. You know, that's where you get a little bit, the, the, it's a little, a little bit of coaching, but only from the negative side, Right. And, and you get a little space, two minutes to write at the bottom of the test, uh, you know, good job today, you just needed a little more energy. And, and, and so, but by the time you've read through, how, you know, 15 marks, you're already, you know, as a writer, you're already like, oh, this, this judge doesn't like me. And you sort of like, you can't change it, you know, you can't turn around your mind by the time you read that nice comment on the end. Because, you know, all the judges... Typically, we'll give a nice comment on the, on the end, but I just think like it it was it's hard to get out of the negative feeling by the time you're down to the end because, like I said, it's it's just the way the sport works and the way that the judging works is like we want to help you, want to coach you towards better marks. So it has it, it can't just be all positive comments and all positive scores because nobody writes perfect. But I'm gonna I, but right. but the judge is gonna tell you what you need to make it perfect. You know, we're always sort of yeah. What, where the next can you test. improve? Absolutely. Like, where can you improve? That's you know, the judge wants to say. You know, basically, it's like, hey, you know, that was a seven, but here's how you get an eight, and that's what I want to know from a judge. You know, I don't yeah. want him to tell me I'm amazing. I mean, that would be great, but you know, it's like, how do I? <laughs> yeah, how no, do I get? Yeah. So it's I think you just have to, to take be, it from a positive, yeah, point of view. Yeah, it's supposed to be as positive as possible, and it, it was really interesting because we had to apprentice with. Um, certain judges who, you know, some of them are a little bit ahead of us and then in their levels. And then some of them, you know, are at the highest levels of judging and are five-star judges. And, you know, it is amazing how they can take a thought and turn it into that without putting on the trainer hat and still wearing kind of the judge's hat and trying to come up with the best way to give positive feedback without being, just sort of, you know, you shouldn't be riding anymore because that's, you know, we all want to ride and learn and we don't want the rider to go away feeling that. 
and like you said, Reese, and not being fluffy and, right. you know, but just finding, and that was a huge thing in our training, which, you know, as, as a judge sitting there, you are trying to come up with, and this is what I felt. And, um, and in just discussing it, that you really are trying to come up with the best words because you want this person to come away realizing that maybe something, yes, did need some more work at that particular level. Maybe they're not ready or caring enough collection or engagement, and you're trying to make them recognize the, the good points of it and describe the, the things that need to be improved upon without making them feel like, you know, that it, the whole thing was bad. And so it definitely, for me, now getting in the arena and judging, there just is so much, I just have so much more respect for those tests that you do get back from a judge and all the comments are, they just really make sense. They were to the point and, you know, you came away feeling educated and you could take it home and go oh, this is, you know, these things are good and these things need to be worked on. And, you know, hopefully as, as more judges continue to enter the program and continue to, you know, try to work on the, the language. Um, and it is, it is hard. And sometimes because of, you know, going through and the test is, you know, the tests get higher and higher. Um, you know, you have more movements and things come up faster. And um, so hopefully with more experience, I will continue to try to be as positive <laughs> as possible. Um, and, you know, this is my takeaway from the, the judge's experience and um and I just for me just sitting there and watching these people who are trying so hard and you can't be the trainer um to really want them to enjoy this sport and learn from it and come up with the best way to tell them like you said Philip what needs to be fixed and and so on and so forth so they feel like they can fix it um and come out at another show and improve and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I've, I've thoroughly enjoy training horses and teaching students and the judging part that you're just there to help the person help the horse. Um, and seeing somebody that has improved, you know, that it'll, it'll be cool maybe down the road being able to be a judge and seeing horses that have been coming along and, you know, just all of that to me is so just so much fun to watch. And I just, I, I want, as a judge, it has just made me realize even more so um, how hard people are working and, and just trying to, and, and maybe by somebody not having the best words, in their test that somehow maybe trying to take it home and go, okay, they are really trying to give me pointers. They are really trying to help me. Maybe they just aren't as well-spoken as some. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a real, yeah. it's a real challenge. It's a real skill, isn't it? To find the right words to be not, I mean, not too negative and to get your point across right. in a positive way. And I think it's just, yeah. a, you know, kind of, it, it's like emails. It's like, text you know you, you might get a text and read it one way and and the person's intention there's there's very little context you know and the person's intention right. was not to be like you know you know negative or blah, 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 but you just you know you read it a certain way and it came across a certain way and that's i don't think any judge really has the intention of being a negative person um you know so it's nice to have you come on the show and 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 talk about how how uh judges are trying to say these things in a positive way, like, good job, keep it up, you just need to do this, right? I think that's that's yeah, how you that can it, read, that it really, read the text. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it is, I have enjoyed it and hope to continue um, <laughs> continue on years. to the large R. Yeah. You, you will be amazing, for sure. So Katie, tell us, real quick, you were just at the Young Rider Championships, right? We were. We went up to New York, and I have a junior, and she was on the Region 3 team, 
and she and her three teammates ended up winning the team gold and she just had a fabulous ride and another kind of quick moment for the the judging she has a small horse and when that horse is really accurate and together she just is like a big moving warm blood and she held her own and her test was extremely accurate and everybody just did so well and it was just so cool that those kids got just the fairy tale of winning the gold on day one and um it was just it was great so i'm very proud of juliet kane and her little mariska um and that was her first and last year as a junior and so we dive into young riders next year and um, awesome. I have a couple other kids that will hopefully be working to qualify for next year too. I love but it. it was just, it really was a fairy tale and just coming home with the gold medal was, was pretty cool, especially after riding in it um, 23 years ago. Yeah. And That's when Katie and I <laughs> met, but Katie, you were going to say that. Ah, yeah. You weren't so, going to bring that up. You weren't going to um, bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. So, but no, it's it pretty cool. It was a great show. I love it. I love it. Well, Katie, thanks so much as always for coming on the show. How can our listeners find you online if they're looking for you? I'm at, um, katiepogdressage.com and I'm also on Facebook. So thank you guys so much for having me and I enjoyed talking and sharing and it was great as always. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. We always love hearing from you guys and any questions you have, we will try to answer them or find someone who can. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably on Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show and don't forget to check out all the other awesome shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>